0: Welcome to the Evolve Pod, brought to you by Evolve Wellbeing Group.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Evolve Pod. I believe this is episode seventeen. I'm kind of a, I'm losing track now with the the amount and and the frequency that we're doing them. But yeah, thanks for everybody for listening, and thanks for your lovely feedback that I'm getting off the podcast. It's really great. If you could follow, like, and share, I'd hugely appreciate it to get this brilliant content and all the guests' stories out to as many people as possible. Today, I'm bringing you yet another. Really inspiring story, which I only came across really uh, last weekend. And I reached out to Tom, Tom Crossland, uh, to see whether he wanted to come on to the the pod and talk about what he's up to. And he 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 agreed, and he's very kindly come on. So welcome, Tom. It's Wednesday morning. What's a Wednesday, typical Wednesday morning like for you? Um, sitting
0: at my desk. Uh, I'm a um, psychologist and uh, manager in the NHS. So sitting at my desk, trying to Just pick up whatever's coming overnight
1: or whatever's happening during the day. Yeah, yeah.
0: Nothing exciting, unfortunately.
1: Well, nothing exciting for a Wednesday morning, but the things that you're up to and the, the things you've got upcoming are ludicrously exciting. So Tom is an ultra endurance athlete, the clinical psychologist, which he just alluded to there, and an overall kind of adventurer with a true adventurous spirit and soon Tom will be running 1900 miles or 3058 kilometers if you work in that way in and around England and Wales which is equivalent to 75 marathons over three months so even as I'm reading that my mind's kind of boggling a little bit as to how and why and what so first of all when are you undertaking this challenge?
0: Um, Starting 2nd of June ending uh, bank well hopefully ending bank holiday weekend in august yeah uh, about 85 days 86 days in total okay um, and it's um around uh, as you say starting off from my home in south oxfordshire near Hemion on thames and then heading down the thames to the east coast up the east coast of england crossing the country um at Hadrian's Wall. I would love to have done Scotland, but the coast of Scotland is a little wiggly, and after that, <laughs> 2,000 miles onto, onto the journey, which I just don't have time for. Um, so, heading across Hadrian's Wall, um, coming down the west coast, around Wales, going down to the Severn, um, heading in uh, down towards Devon and Cornwall a little way, but not that far, then heading straight south, cutting off. Um, the pointy bit uh, <laughs> yeah. um hitting the, head co- uh, the south coast um then heading straight along to brighton back up to london and then back home easy um, right yeah the door, go for a jog come home take shoes off you know yeah, yeah back,
1: back to work back to the desk on a wednesday morning yeah um that that's you know that, that's it uh, an insane challenge, and an insanely cool challenge. I mean, I, I wanted to ask if you did have time, would you would you have added on the Scottish leg of the route? I
0: I probably would have if, but I think that almost doubles the distance. I think that would have been a really cool, cool thing to do: run the whole of the coast of the of um uh, the main of the UK. So I would have added on Northern Ireland. Yeah. And um I'm just thinking whether I would have on like the Isle of Man and the Isle of Wight as well. But <laughs> <laughs> um but it would not been really cool to be able to do the whole of the UK. Um yeah. but it's just for me, um financially it's just a big, big
1: commitment to to take six that I guess I would have taken six months. Yeah. So why what why and and how did this all come about? So um in About
0: 2017, I ran a multi-day ultra called the Grand Grand Ultra, which is 180, 170 miles from the north rim of the Grand Canyon um, up to the top of the Grand Escalante in Utah. Um, Seven days of running across the desert, which was awesome. Um, And then, and that really inspired me with kind of Adventurous multi-day ultra type things. Um then come 2018, I was training for another multi-day um in the UK, the Dead Water Ultra, which runs from the Scottish border to the Welsh border. Um, uh, but it just wasn't for whatever reason, the excitement or the fear, I guess it was fear, wasn't there. It wasn't really um tickling those parts to me. And so I was looking for something um, slightly bigger to do. Um, And around the same time, I was aware of the refugees in Syria coming across to Greece and um, heading through Europe and coming to the UK to escape the civil war in Syria and to find safety. And that really um, kind of sparked an idea that it'd be cool to run that route from southern Greece um, all the way back to London and that was going to be last year's plan and I was going to be setting off in May and it was all in place. I had um, a support team, um, the route was all locked in, um, everything was in place and then the pandemic happened and it was all shelved um, and all binned um, and then so Going through last year, I kind of, uh, things were opening up. I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe 21, we could do something. But um, it didn't seem likely that planning to cross 11 borders was realistic with everything that was going on, or could be certain to be realistic, and that I would get enough people willing to do that with me to take the risk. Because of lockdowns, border closures, we could have got stuck in Serbia or Kosovo, which might add to the adventure and the excitement, but other people might not see it that way if they've taken a couple of weeks off work (laughs) and stuck there for three months under lockdown or something. Um, So I looked around, I was trying to think what could I do instead, and the coastline was a similar distance. So that's how can I've kind of settle on the coastline to get something done this year to help out an amazing charity um, that are working to um, end non slavery and provide long term support to survivors of human trafficking in the uk
1: that's that's a really great insight into your you know your reason why you're doing this challenge and it's kind of a shame that you have had to change the route for what it represents and what it uh, reflects but also i guess was it an easy decision to kind of go well i actually need to do something both for me and for the charity so i'm going to do i'm going to change it a little bit to, to to mix it up to the to the new route. was that an easy decision
0: with everything that's gone on over the last year it wasn't that tricky um i think anybody that um that's put together a significant project knows how much of your life it takes over and and so for two years I'd been living, eating, sleeping, dreaming this project and then having to postpone it wasn't wasn't massively uh, It was a bit of a shame, but everything else that was going on, it was it was kind of low down on the priority list, but I couldn't see um myself, my family, my partner putting up with many more years of eating <laughs> sleeping. Um living this challenge yeah um I felt if it wasn't going to if something didn't happen this year it probably wasn't going to happen in this kind of scale Hmm. Um, and and then um the there have been a significant increase in the amount of human trafficking going on recently with more referrals to some of the projects of the charity um Support, so the need is is ever increasing, as more awareness is raised. There's more people reporting it. There's more. There's more people finding out how many people and how many industries are involved in human trafficking and modern slavery. So I think the need is always going to be there.
1: Yeah, you mentioned previously about the the fear of um, of big events and big challenges. that you know the the, for you what became standard challenges became something that you weren't really getting kind of that same energy and that same buzz for which I which from experience my own experience probably affects how you train for things and your your mental approach to that to that given challenge do you have the fear for this for this challenge hopefully I still
0: have no idea whether this is feasible, whether my body's going to hold together. But that, that's part of the excitement, isn't it? Stepping, yeah. stepping up, whether it's towing the start line of a 5k down down a park run and having that, I don't know whether I can run this whole distance and then running it. And that buzz you get from, from doing something which you weren't sure whether you could do is, is I guess, why we
1: all seek these kind of Absolutely. And you've just kind of sort of paraphrased something I tend to talk about, which is finding your own epic. And, you know, your epic is this challenge. But like you say, for someone else, it might be that very first part run, which is the beginning of their own epic. And it's a really cool buzz that I think all I think everybody should try and experience in one way or another, whatever that may be. But I mean, as as a runner myself, we've all gone through various challenges in life and running. But I think there's certainly some, you know, there's challenges that you've faced to get to yourself to where you are now, which is, which is amazing. And I wanted to kind of just delve into that a little bit more, in the way of you know what what challenges have you had to overcome to be able to sit here on on a podcast with me and talk about what you've challenged yourself to do.
0: Um, so I was born with cerebral palsy, which um, I have a form called hemiplegia, which means that uh, my left side of my body is um, less coordinated, weaker, um, clumsier than my right side. Um, the It's caused by uh, some damage in the brain at, at or around birth. And so the brain damage for me caused the motor past the brain to the left side. Um, it, for me, it's relatively minimal um it has relatively little impact on a day-to-day life i mean there are still things that other people can do that i can't do my left hand isn't coordinated so if i meet you for a beer and you send me to the bar and i'm carrying two pints back Mm -hmm. your pint might be half full by the time i get back to you (laughs) Um, which, which other people wouldn't even think about and so um those kind of things and doing up buttons cufflinks that's quite tricky I mean these are all small things so I'm aware that there may be listeners who know people with cerebral palsy who have much more impacted than me so I'm aware that these are these are easily overcomable things um however I didn't start walking until I was kind of three or four I was crawling around um I was still active and mobile, but I wasn't walking. Uh, when I started walking, I would trip over all the time. Um, my hand-eye coordination was appalling. couldn't couldn't play ball sports really until quite a lot later. Um, uh, I I was really lucky that my parents never saw it as a disability. They always saw it as just something that I needed to get on with and and live an active and full life. So I would be outside, um, running around, falling over, picking myself up, running around, falling over, picking myself up, um, uh, riding bikes, falling off bikes, loads, uh, climbing trees, falling out trees, doing all the stuff which which a lot of people will do, but I was just on the ground a lot more and learning to pick myself up, dust myself down and just carry on. Um, and so I was really active. My dad was a, um, a club runner doing half marathons and marathons when I was growing up. So I would pop along to the um, uh, to the fun runs that run alongside marathons and half marathons. And I would do them, probably end up with a bloody knee from tripping over halfway around or, um, but I would, was in, my, my family was a active family and was into activity. Um, then I went to secondary school and although although I loved sport and was really keen to be in a sporting world, um, the secondary school experience I had was that if you weren't in the, if you weren't good enough to be in the school team in the first 15, in the first 11, um, or on the cricket team or the hockey team, there wasn't a huge amount for for the rest of us. PE was there, I loved PE, got stuck in, but I was always, um, picked near the last person of the friendly teams, um, or on the sideline for any um, into house competitions. I wasn't. I definitely wasn't seeing myself as an athlete. The idea, the idea that I would be, would be considering myself an athlete, just had ne- never crossed my mind. Um, uh, school cross-country runs. I was always running as hard as I could at the back of the race, trying to keep up with everyone, but still minutes behind everyone else um so that was kind of knocked out some of that um joy for sport i guess that that enjoyment of of sport and activity fast forward i went to university um spent a long time at uni um probably too long but uni sports is very different from uh secondary school sports i think Uh, it's far more inclusive far more accepting um did my partner rode horses uh to quite a good level went on to riding with her i learned that i could control my body and it was and for those people who ride you have to learn a really good body awareness because everything your body does impacts on. It's the way you communicate with the horse, so you need to be communicating in a quiet, uh, controlled way. And so my, um, so I, I really worked hard on on core strength, core stability, trying to really quieten down my movements. Um, and then I also joined a rowing the rowing club at the time. It wasn't a, a hugely great known rowing university, but that was the best thing for me apart from the riding um it was my first introduction to really structured training kind of five six days a week training because those people who listen who row know that either it's 100 percent or you're not rowing there's no, yeah. there's no there's no rocking up one day a week to have a paddle you're either full-on or or not at all um even as a, even at a really uh, amateur level um and so that kind of introduction to quite intense quite structured training really really helped me compare to other people and realize actually with enough training and enough work I wasn't I wasn't at the back of the field I was I was as good as my peers I guess um and so that just changed my whole outlook on life I was able to then to, um, to see myself more as sports, a sports person. I still don't like ball sports. You will never find me kicking a ball around in the park or anything. Um, but I, I definitely see my, saw myself more as a sports person. Uh, moved to Berkshire after, or Oxfordshire after, um, after uni, joined the local rowing club, and it just wasn't the same. The social side wasn't there for me. Um, and um, so then I, I got really interested in adventure racing,
1: which I don't know how much you know about adventure racing. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the multi-day extreme adventures with multi-discipline sort of oh. <clears throat> kind of off road track yeah.
0: with random stuff like climbing and, yeah. uh, co-steering and stuff stuck in just for, just for giggles. Um, <clears throat> and so I did a few, uh, sprint and weekend adventure races um on my own with with one other person but I was really really interested in the expedition ones which are the ones that you're talking which is five seven days of continuous racing as hard and as fast as you can getting controls sleeping rough carrying gear gear for 24 hours on mountains um and um but I couldn't find a team so I was like oh, I can't just keep doing this uh, and then I stumbled into ultra running and it changed my life really it really changed my life and um, stumbled into uh did my first ultra in 2015 and haven't looked back I've been regularly doing uh ultras that was a single day ultra then found multi-day stuff which just is just the best experience I can if anybody out there fancies multi-day ultras, it's awesome. It is just <laughs> so amazing.
1: That's awesome. I want to get into that in a little bit about you know what running means to you. Because clearly, you know, just from those last couple of sentences, it means a hell of a lot to you, sort of as a as a human being. But I wanted to just check in, you know, that you've you've talked about the adventure racing, the ultra-running. Um, and I, I believe that, you know, when people get into adventure racing and ultra running, no matter whether you're the person at the very front or the person who's bringing up the rear you've got to have some kind of an edge to you to be able to put up with the circumstances, the environment, the pressure, the pain and all that kind of thing and actually normalize it so what you're going through is is okay. Mm-hmm. Because for many people, it's not okay and that's probably why they don't get into that kind of um, experience. Do you think that the having, having cerebral palsy and the kind of delay of, for example, being able to walk and the knocks being you know, up and down, getting yourself up, dusting yourself off, having another go, climbing the tree, falling out, having another go. Do you think that that journey that you've been on from very, very young of having to almost dust yourself off and your parents kind of saying, it's not a disability, this is a normal life. Do you think that set you up to be able to put yourself in these positions to go, this is okay, this is cool. And you know what? If I hurt myself, I'm going to get back up and have another go.
0: I guess it's the only thing that, could possibly explain that um I think that um they're definitely I still trip over quite a lot but it's just one of those things you just you just get up maybe have a few words with yourself well I, I have a few words to myself a few tips <laughs> might occasionally come out <laughs>
1: you know what happens to the best of us right
0: yeah yeah <laughs> and then um and then just push on and 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 I guess what I got very good at was was managing pain or discomfort if it's not pain just of having um uh after having fallen over and having a bruise or a bit of a knock managing that and just carrying on it I guess because I fell over so much being in discomfort or being having a knock is just very normalized and so in adventure racing or ultra marathons where where you do need to get to a point that you can carry on and just keep putting one foot in front of the other, regardless of whether you're at, um regardless of whether you're racing for first or racing against yourself somewhere else in the field, the challenge is is still the same. It's still that challenge and so you've got to be
1: able to go inside yourself and find that determination just to keep going. So with this challenge you've got coming up, you're you know how much of an impetus to just keep going is the fact of the fundraising to to end modern slavery? Is that your real sort of driver, you know, in times when it, you're feeling pretty dark, pretty tired, pretty, um, you know, well, I, I could I could quite easily stop, but I don't want to. Is that going to be one of the main things that's going to keep you going? I think it will be. I think having
0: uh, that commitment to other people who are donating money and, and that commitment will definitely keep me going. It's a lot harder to quit on other people than it is to quit on yourself. Um, uh, it, it, I think um, I've heard it said before that kind of intrinsic drive will get you to the start line, but you need an external driver to get you to the finish line. You need that uh, accountability, if, even if it's just taking on Twitter saying, I'm going to do this. Having I mean, accountability will get you to the end because you don't want to then have to go back on Twitter and say I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think reflecting on the on what people who are are trafficked or are trapped in slavery, um, reflecting on the the their lives and the impact that I can have by doing something that. On most days, most of the time, I love. Um, I get to have real privilege going out and running around. There'll be some stunning scenery. So by doing something that I love, if I can help some people um, not be trafficked or survivors of slavery to get the help they need to to move on with their lives and have freedom,
1: then I can put up with a few miserable hours or days. Absolutely. I think your inspiration to others will go beyond the money that you're raising. I think there'll be people, for example, listening to this podcast that will, you know, hear your story and hear what you're all about and be inspired to put their trainers on and go out for that run that they may have been putting off. And I'm looking out the window and it's pretty gray and miserable today. And I'm sure there's people out there that will be like, "Mm, I might not go running today, but upon listening to this podcast and listening to you talk, they might, you know your story is powerful and the way you kind of promote the running is inspiring so i think the inspiration will go further than the um, the original root cause of what you're running for which is really cool but then you touched on it briefly 2015 you got into ultra running yeah so let's take out the ultra bit and just talk about running in yeah. as, a, as a kind of not as a sport but as a lifestyle what does running mean to you
0: it's that it's that time of day when i can it i guess is my meditation um i'm a psychologist and and so we're always talking about mindfulness and uh meditation and spending time with yourself um i really uh think um there's a quote by a guy called john cabazin who wrote a book um wherever you go there you are so it's about spending time with myself and and getting to know myself and um uh really spending that time out of the day when my phone's off um uh, i don't have any distractions it's just about putting one foot in front of the other and however slow or however fast i'm going that's cool i'm outside i'm enjoying I'm, I'm doing something that I love. I've chosen to do this. Um, and it just, if I don't run, I get a bit twitchy and a bit angsty. And um, I'm sure everyone that does, um, that does endurance sport will, will understand when you're tapering or, you know, marathon runners, when you've been training intensity and then you're in that tapering week or that tapering couple of weeks, you suddenly start feeling a bit fidgety and a bit, there's something missing from your life um and and I think the thing about trail running especially um which is I much prefer trails to road um is going to explore um stunning places or unusual places or unexpected places getting out i think we're we're massively privileged in this country that we've got o s the o s maps that map footpaths and being able to pull out. And a map on your phone now plot a route stick it in your watch and head out it, it, if it's somewhere you don't know you never know what you're going to come across around the next corner it's just that excitement um is just amazing and as you said my epic or my heart is unlikely to be anybody else's heart there'll be people who are doing harder things than me and there'll be people who who think what I'm doing is just totally impossible. But it's about getting out. For me, it's it's really important that people just get out and spend time in nature and appreciate the bluebells at this time of year or or the leaves in the autumn or or the frost or the mud. If you can appreciate me deep mud. <laughs> days, knee, knee mud. And, <laughs> and on a really um on a run that isn't going that well i think it's for me It i always try and obviously we're all human so it's all a work in progress and and we're never a finished uh product but try and just take a moment even if that just means backing off the pace slightly or even stopping and looking around and finding something that that you can appreciate, that you that you can be grateful for, even if even if it's pouring with rain or hail, there'll be something you can be grateful for.
1: There's always something, that, and even if you've got to really look deep for it, there's, there is always something out there. Whether it's the experience, and I, I've talked about type two fun before, which is yeah. the while you're doing it you hate it, but when you finish it, that was the best thing ever. Um, and quite often that is where we sort of learn and grow sort of the most i really like that there's a lot of you know i have pretty much exactly the same thoughts and feelings about running for myself and would love for everybody to experience that in terms of ultra running you've already recommended everybody give it a go i've dabbled in ultra running a few times um i've yet to dabble in multi-day stuff Going to be quite tricky with three kids on the go, but (laughs)
0: everyone everyone should find their limits. and uh, ultra running is not for everyone, and it's cool if 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 you're really really stoked about uh, pushing yourself at the park run or a ten k, then that's awesome. Or it and it doesn't it doesn't need to be running if you're struggling to get outside, then going for a walk for ten minutes around your area or I'm really keen just to promote getting outside, getting no. away from screens mm-hmm. and just going for whatever you can right mm-hmm. now and trying not to compare yourself to that person that sprints past you looking,
1: <laughs> looking like, um, Kip Trum-Gay or some, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, <laughs> all those things you mentioned there about the reasons why you run and why it brings you so much kind of pleasure and, and really does wonders for your well-being when you then throw that into the uh into the environment of an ultra run yeah whether that's a single day or a multi-day what add-ons do you get then what 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 gives you that buzz of an ultra run
0: I, you get to go somewhere inside yourself and spend a long time with yourself and figure out who you really are, I think. And that, when I say that, that sounds so um, hippie. and but, it, but there is there is something about we're in today's world with social media and screens always constantly pinging up, constantly demanding our attention. We rarely we rarely spending time with ourselves, just ourselves. There's always a distraction. There's always um there's always something else that you could be thinking about or focusing on and whether you need to be picked up or brought down there's always something there whereas in an ultra if you're if you're on a trail there might be other people around that you can have a chat with you might be on your own if you're having a bad few moments or a few hours there's only you there there's 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 only there's only one person that can really change that and you can only focus on what you can do in the here and now you can't focus on on um what you might do when you finish or what you did an hour ago it's about you need to be in the here and now and really focus on on what you can do to change what's going on now or what you can do to appreciate what's going on now and for me especially um uh, I think one of the consequences of having cerebral palsy is maybe a little bit, and my partner would probably agree, um, uh, not the best emotion regulation ever. And so that having to spend time with myself and and being okay and being really self-compassionate and and being okay with with who I am um,
1: has helped really uh, has helped a lot with that um, so, so that sort of has a butterfly effect on everything else that in your life when you've had those yeah. experiences right yeah can i ask if you've ever when you were getting into the not the ultra running but the the longer endurance stuff like the adventure racing etc and probably with the rowing to some degree there's time i'm sure there have been times when you would, would have had to kind of find a way through and find out more about yourself to to get to your achieved goal. And it's really interesting to hear you talk about that and how it's really great to find out who you are and what you are to allow you to achieve more and to go further. Has there ever been a time when you've been afraid to find out who you are and what you are? Because right. I know some people are a little bit, uh, skeptical of exposing themselves to themselves. And I think having done it myself, it's a very, very powerful journey. And it's always something to reflect back on and to 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 do, I think, to grow as a person. And it's not easy.
0: No, yeah, and I think maybe because that isn't why people get into ultra running. And that isn't why I got into um, marathon running or adventure uh, racing or rowing. It kind of sneaks up on you. Mm. So it, it, I guess it's very different from the experience of of going to therapy. To sit and find out about yourself, or or to to talk to another professional, talk to a professional about who you are, that has that specific goal. Whereas I think it it happens in increments and takes, and then you reflect back on it and you're like, oh, that happened. So I don't think I was ever afraid to approach that or not. That I can recall.
1: Okay, so I. Okay, so I'm, my mind's kind of going back to the challenge now. So just to remind everyone, it's 1900 miles or 3,050 odd kilometres around the coast of or around in and around the coast of the of England and Wales. It's 75 marathons over three months. How do you train for that? <laughs> what's your What's your training strategy?
0: Um, it's uh, a lot, even. It's been for the past um um five six years i guess it's just a cumulative approach um and a building up over many 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 years um um and so i don't think it's really hard I, i've really struggled with how to train for such a long challenge because <laughs> you when you're building up to kind of single day or multi-day, you go and run, say, 60% of the distance, and then then you get confidence you can do it. Uh, or you do, uh, if you're doing a seven-day multi-day, you might do a two-day or a three-day multi-day, and then then you've got confidence. With this, I can't I can't go and do 50K a day for a month just to do a third of it, just to see if I can do it. So it is a lot of unknown, a lot of, um, uh, it's been a lot of back-to-back long days um that that is the main strategy over the past five year uh four or five years is back-to-back long days at the weekend so doing um three four hours on saturday and then another three or four hours on the sunday so you get used to running on tired legs after a after a week of um consistent training and then the biggest the biggest tactic has just been consistency and time on the feet so just doing day in day out going through the process there's nothing glamorous there's nothing uh, as all all your listeners who do endurance sport there's nothing glamorous about training it's really quite tedious it's just showing up day in day out however bad you feel however fed up you are it's not always um instagrammable is it no no, <laughs> no. um and then I've been working really closely with a coach called Rob Wilby for a long time, who's been helping me through this. And we've um, more recently, it's been a lot of um, a lot of hiking. So over the last kind of year, 18 months, it's a lot. of I imagine people will be surprised by the amount of the percentage of training time that has been walking compared to say running or cycling. Um, trying to do an hour or two of walking a day um on top of say an hour's ride or or 45 minute run and then the weekends doing a three or four hour walk and then and then an hour's run to try and get that time on your feet and that resilience in the body um without picking up injuries because fitting fitting that in around a full-time job if you've if I'm sure your triathletes, triathlete listeners will understand that trying to fit in double sessions during round a full-time job and then making it running, the likelihood is the level of training stress plus plus life stress would just make your body break down. Whereas going out for a nice hours fast walk in the
1: morning is is doable. Mm, interesting. It's a really interesting take. We talked a lot about you know, the resilience that you've got, and the, you know, you're talking about the physical side of training there, what balance do you put on your mental aptitude, aligned with your physical aptitude for a challenge like this?
0: Um, I think that it's just been about going out day in, day out to give myself the mental confidence even when sore and tired I can still get up and do it again which is going to be the key it's going to be the key differentiation I guess is in week two um or three it's going to be pretty miserable for a little while but it's about having the mental resilience to just get up and keep going however slow that is um However, however tired I feel,
1: um, it's just about moving forward. Awesome. That's right. I think the, the mental resilience that you've got is definitely going to give you a really strong chance to get yourself through this challenge. And you're talking about ways there, you know, supporting yourself with your training, with your mindset. But equally, um, let's do a shout out because I know you're looking for. For help with this challenge in terms of places yeah. to stay, donations, um, a support runners, support crew. Um, yeah, let's put a shout out there. What, what do you need? So, um, I've
0: it's myself who's doing it, plus a driver who's going to be a, in a support vehicle the whole time. So, there'll be two of us mainly. And the biggest thing. Um, i could do with is if anyone lives around the coast or knows people who live around the coast um within covid regulations obviously <laughs> um, wouldn't want to break any regulations or or within what people feel comfortable about because i know different people are at different stages in this in this pandemic journey um somewhere to sleep or a garden even if it's a garden to pitch a tent and a washing machine to wash kit and that would be a super help um uh as well as if anybody fancies a long point-to-point day um or a long weekend out or three days of running along the coast get in touch um i'd love to have some company along the way um i'm pretty sure i'll be running pretty slowly (laughs) (laughs) i don't think you'll be setting any um uh any records What's your, what's your average mileage a day or kilometres a day, roughly? Um, so I'm doing a five days running, two days rest a week. So it's about 50k 50.
1: When I'm running. So it's, and a, it's a chunky day out. Yeah, but a fun day out. And if people want to get in touch, how can they, how can they reach you? I'm, I'm going to put all your contact details in the show notes. But yeah, how can people get in touch?
0: Um, so the website is runtorefuge.com. And then I'm also on all the social media. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, at uh, Run to Refuge, and so drop me a message, drop me a DM. Uh, there's a contact form on the website. Get in touch, and I'll I'll definitely reply and get back to you as soon as I
1: can, and we can hook up and plan plan a fun weekend out. Absolutely! Wow, this is a great challenge. I can't wait to follow. Um, everybody, get on get online. Give Tom a follow. Get on the Just Giving page, give him some give him some donations to keep that motivation coming through. Um, I've massively enjoyed this chat. I think it's uh, it's really eye opening into the world of ultras, into the the world of in, in the mindset of an endurance athlete. You know, I'm really uh, really proud to bring bring everybody to this podcast, and I'm really grateful that you, you've you've shared your story with us and my listeners. Um, Tom, mate, I wish you all the best. Let's keep in touch. Uh, I'm currently injured. If I get myself to any point where I can run beyond the kilometer, I will definitely come down and support you in any way way that I can. I'll stick down. It's going to be down, up, and everywhere. Yeah. Um, but if I can, I will. And you know, I'll, I'll definitely shout out to, to us, you know, friends, family, clients, to if anybody's on the coast to to give you a helping hand. So, um, oh, look, good luck. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on, Tom. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Enjoy the rest of the day.
0: Thanks for having me. It's been awesome having a chat.
1: No worries. You're welcome. So guys, that's Tom Crossland, ultra endurance athlete, who's heading out on this insane challenge soon. So keep tracking him. Keep sending out your love and support and keep positive, everybody. And uh, yeah, we'll be bringing you some more awesome content next week. Take care.